Welcome to the Sam the Answer Man podcast. For 30 years, Sam Ventola has been an attorney, hearing officer, professor, and mediator. Now he's here to answer your legal questions. Sam the Answer Man, law made simple. Here's your hosts, Sam and Gina Ventola. Hey everybody, it's Gina. And it's Sam. Welcome to the Sam the Answer Man podcast. Did you know that it is the 40th anniversary of the Camp David Accords? I did that. And four years ago, uh, President Carter helped mediate a dispute between uh, Anwar Sadat of Egypt and Menachem Begin of Israel and created a peace between Israel and Egypt that continues to survive to this day. To this day. He was one of two U.S. presidents who earned Nobel Peace Prizes for their efforts in mediation of uh, world disputes and wars. So who was the other one? Teddy Roosevelt won the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts in mediating the dispute between Russia and China that ended the, ended the I'm sorry, Russia and Japan, that ended the uh, Japan-Russia War. Wow. So we've had two presidents, two Nobel Peace Prizes, Prizers, is that a word? Uh, I don't think so. But we'll Prize talk. winners? Would that be? <laughs> Prizers. Be? Prizers. I'm sure we'll get lots of notes about that. So with all this talk about like the Camp David Accords and um, TR, because that's how close I am with Teddy Roosevelt, as I call him TR. Um, he's actually one of my favorite presidents. Um this is all to do with mediation and dispute resolution, right? Right. In both cases, uh, President Roosevelt and President Carter served as mediators, which means that they were neutral parties who did not have any power to force the resolution of the disputes, but talked with both sides trying to get them together to come to a resolution. So were there... Um are there different types of like dispute resolution? There's mediation and we hear about arbitration. Right. What is, what's well, the difference between them? Because I think some people think they're interchangeable, but they're not. And we do these things. We do these things at Ventola Mediation. We do mediation and arbitration. And so mediation, as I said, is a process. And of course, we don't resolve any wars, at least not yet. But not the, yet. But the principles are very similar to labor disputes and, in our case, legal disputes. These are disputes that people are having that are causing them problems by having them continue like wars, and the mediator comes in and tries to solve those. So we do mediation, which, as in the case of President Roosevelt and President Carter, they were neutral parties who came in without any power to force a settlement of the parties, but they were there to act as a sounding board, as a reasonable neutral person, to try to find them to help them find a solution that both parties would agree to. Arbitration is different. Arbitration a person hears is kind of like private court. The person hears a dispute and you have to accept the resolution of the arbitrator. It's forced resolution, unlike mediation. And there's a judge there, right? Or someone, a third party. There's an arbit there's a third party. So in mediation you have a third party mediator. In arbitration you have a third party arbitrator or sometimes multiple arbitrators. Uh, but that's where a decision is going to be imposed as opposed to mediation where they try to help the parties come to an agreement voluntarily. So it's kind of like when your kids are coming in there and they're fighting, you can either get them to work it out, that's mediation, right? Or you can tell them, shut up or I'll give you something to shut up about. Could that be more arbitration? Yeah, I mean, a parent in that situation is, is sort of a mediator, but ultimately it's an arbitrator because they may exert their parental 
authority and force a resolution. And there is, and there is something called mediation slash arbitration where that goes on, where the parties come together and the media and the neutral tries to get them to mediate the dispute, tries to get them to agree to one. But if at the end of the day, the parties will not come to an agreement, cannot come to an agreement, one is imposed by the neutral as an arbitrator. So you mentioned um, labor disputes. Labor disputes, wars, wars, legal disputes. and legal disputes. Are there other types of disputes that, well, there that are, mediation's used for? There are uh, labor issues that are not necessarily strikes. For example, in baseball, uh, when a team and a uh, uh, athlete disagree as to how much that athlete should be paid, those are submitted to arbitration. And there's an arbitrator who decides whether or not to take the number that the athlete has asked for or to take the number that the team has offered. And that's, that's an unusual kind of arbitration. It's actually called baseball arbitration because the arbitrator is forced to accept one or the other. And that situation forces both parties to sort of put forward reasonable proposals because if, if my proposal is here and, and the other proposal is way outlandish, then my proposal is going to get accepted. So that's a, that's a certain type of arbitration. Baseball arbitration goes on sometimes in other contexts, but mostly that's just in baseball. And they use it in family law too, right? I don't think they use baseball arbitration. Well, not baseball. Not baseball arbitration. <laughs> I'm talking about mediation. Yes, mediation is almost always done in family disputes. And in most courts in Colorado, I've done in other kinds of legal disputes as well, a judge will force the parties to go to mediation. Now, this usually happens very late in the case, and that causes the parties to lose one of the main benefits of mediation. One thing that you have to remember is litigation is like war in this way, or strikes. War is hell, and litigation is hell, and it is incredibly expensive and incredibly inefficient and an incredibly non-business-like way to resolve business disputes. Duke University study found that people, parties in litigation spend more money on the litigation than they do, than passes hands in the settlements or, or the, uh, in the judgments. In other words, they're spending more money on the litigation than, they're, than, than gets won in the litigation. They're spending it on the cost of litigation. It's incredibly inefficient, expensive, and not only that, but it's, it's very uh, distracting in terms of your time and your energy and tension. Um, litigation is something that should be avoided. Now, as I said, courts today often will require the parties to do mediation, but they do that at the end of the day. And they, the parties, I think, really lose an opportunity to pursue mediation early on. It's kind of like mediation at the end of a war. If you've had 20 years of war and millions of people have died, it's not as good as maybe going before you've done all that and trying to get it resolved earlier. But is that a technique that people use? I mean, are there mediation type of techniques? There are the techniques that skilled mediators can use, and not all mediators are skilled mediators, but skilled mediators have very various methods <laughs> to, uh, to try to break an apparent impasse between the parties. For example, we talked about President Carter. Yes. So President Carter uh, came upon a very bad situation. The, uh, the Egyptians and the Israelis, there was a lot of bad blood there. And the, For thousands of years. The, the Israelis felt very threatened by Egypt and the other, its other Arab neighbors. The Arabs felt like it had to support the uh, position against Israel that its other Arab neighbors were. There was a lot of inertia against trying to get that dispute resolved. And what President Carter did to try to break, finally break that logjam is he reminded both of, well, we have a, 
we have a saying in mediation, it's called the BATNA. That's the best alternative to negotiated agreement. Unless, unless you can get an agreement in mediation, you're going to be stuck with your BATNA. So let's think about what your BATNA is. And President Carter pointed out to both parties that their BATNA represented years and years of war, and he emphasized the effect on the children. Children being subjected to the privations of war, being subjected to bombings, being subjected to starvation, and ultimately being subjected to having to go in the military service and fight the war for years and years and years. That, that outcome was so unacceptable to both parties that they found a way to resolve their dispute. So kind of the lesser... Sure, the lesser, the lesser two, two evils. evils. A negotiated agreement is going to be... People probably don't like it. You're not getting everything you want in a negotiated agreement, but it may very well be better than your BATNA, better than what you face if you do not reach a negotiated agreement. So are there other strategies that mediators use? Yeah, there are. So, Or as you as a mediator. Yes. We I talked about President Roosevelt as well. President Roosevelt uh, ne negotiated the uh, Japanese-Russian War and uh, the way he got, and that one was also very difficult because both parties had expended a lot of uh, lives and resources in fighting those wars, and both felt like they had to get something out of it. Uh, but what happened is that President um, Roosevelt had originally proposed that Russia make a payment to Japan in order to resolve the war and get some of the other things it wanted back. And he had proceeded with negotiations along those lines, and both sides did it well. But as he was in negotiation, he learned that the Russians simply did not have the economic ability to pay that kind of, that kind of a payment. And so he found that he had to change, change the plan and try to find another solution. And so that's very important to have a mediator who's able to recognize when you have to come up with a different solution. Another thing that you should do... Um, as mediator is try to help the other party see through the other party's eyes. So in other words, when people go to mediation, they're always focused on, I want this and I want that, I want, I want, I want. But the thing is, you're not going to get everything you want. In order to come up with a solution to mediation, it has to be one that both parties will agree to. And therefore, you have to think about the things that the other side may want and that would be acceptable to you to provide to them. So mediator will try to say, look, you know, what are you giving them? What are you giving this person that, that, that is going to make a, a negotiated agreement attractive to them? If you do not give them anything that puts them in a better position, they won't do it. So that's another example is trying to help the parties see the perspective of the other person. The other thing is mediation often, <laughs> always, uh, and, and I'd say that in cases of legal cases as well as wars and labor disputes, there's a lot of bad blood in the past. And there's a lot of things that have gone on that if people focus on all of the indignities that occur to me up to this point, it's going to make it very, very difficult for that person to come to an agreement with the person they blame for those things. One of the things mediators have to do is try to get people to focus on the future and rather than the past. And that doesn't mean that the past is irrelevant. I mean, there may be cases where, you know, hey, this person, you know, hasn't been able to run the business to make a profit. So you have to consider that if somebody's proposing a solution where you get a percentage of the profits. Hey, in the past, they've never made a solution. You do look at the past, but only as it pertains to things that might go on in the future. You always focus on the future 
not things in the past that are relevant to the future. Kind of related to that is this old saying of don't focus on the people, focus on the problem. And that's that's related uh, issue is, again, in mediation, you're going to have situations where people are very angry at the other side, very distrustful, um, just do not highly regard them as people. And you have to be able to come to a place where you can make a resolution, even those things, even though those things are true. Again, they're not irrelevant. If the person, you know, you believe the other person in the mediation is untrustworthy, it's going to be difficult to find a solution where you have to trust that person. But so you have to use that to focus on, okay, what is the solution? How do we solve this problem? How do we come up with a resolution mediation that involves something that's self-enforcing or creates incentives for enforcement so that you can reach a resolution even though you have these problems with the person? So if you go into a mediation looking for an apology, what's the likelihood of that you're going to be um, have a successful mediation or that I mean it does happen but it makes it difficult and again an apology you have to think about whether that's something you really want certainly in business litigation you shouldn't be looking for that business litigation should be resolved on a business on a business uh, footing and so therefore people you know apologies are irrelevant to whether or not you're going to be able to continue in a successful business you should you should make a business like decision uh, but sometimes people really want those, and then you have to look and see whether that's something the other side is willing to do. I've had mediations where basically one party insisted that the other party publicly admit to criminal misconduct. And again, they violated, I guess, the second rule that I stated, no, the third rule that I stated here, which was don't look at, the thing, look at this thing from their perspective and don't expect a resolution that they would never agree to. So it's like it's not personal. It's business, it's not personal. It's, well, it's how business litigation is business. Sometimes you have litigation, sometimes you have mediations that are more personal. And frankly, they're more difficult for these reasons. If people are approaching things from a business-like perspective, then it's usually easier to find a business-like solution. So speaking of business owners, how does it benefit a business owner to pursue mediation or to have a mediation clause in a contract versus going to court? Well, as I said, court is incredibly costly in terms of time, in terms of resources, in terms of money, in terms of attention, in terms of detraction from your business. And it doesn't make sense. It's not a business, it's not a, a solution that's a business-like way to resolve disputes. And waiting for you to be forced by the judge to do mediation at the end of the case is not a lot better. What is really the best way for a business person is as soon as they have a dispute, they should be looking at finding a mediator who's experienced enough to try to resolve that dispute right from the beginning, even before they hire attorneys. Attorneys, I'm not gonna say all attorneys are bad, but attorneys are like doctors. They, they believe in their own medicine. They'll, they, if you come to them and say, I have this dispute, they're gonna tell you, oh, we need to file a case, we need to file these briefs, we need to get discovery, and of course, all of these things are gonna gain them a lot of money and cost you a lot of money. Whereas if you go first to an impartial mediator who knows the law and who can explain the law to you, you may find that you can resolve the dispute early rather than after 20 years of war. Oh, wow. That sounds pretty great. Well, there you have it. So thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. Um, if you're listening via audio, and thank you for watching if you're watching via video. 
Um, if you want to find out more and, you know, celebrate the Camp David Accords from 40 years ago this week, um, Sam has written a great article on bentolamediation.com. And again, just to um, clarify, it's mediation, not meditation. Even Google sometimes gets that confused because they tend, if you Google mediation, sometimes there'll be pictures of meditation. Well, maybe you Some should. um kind of stuff. <laughs> But it's mediation, M-E-D-I-A-T-I-O-N.com. And Sam has written a terrific article about Jimmy Carter and his contribution to dispute resolution. And we'll put the link in the information when we post this. You can also reach Sam, Sam at sambentola.com. That's a pretty easy email address. If you have questions, let us know. We're all over social media. We're all over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. We are all over the place. And we want to hear from you. So if you have questions about mediation, dispute resolution, or pretty much any kind of legal question, you know, Sam will at least talk to you about it. So why don't you reach out to him? And we appreciate you. And thanks for watching. Thank you. If you would like to discuss your legal issue with Sam, please contact Ventola Law at 303-864-9797 or check out our website at www.ventolalaw.com. Ventola Law, mediation and legal representation at an expert level.